Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio on blogtalkradio.com. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining us either live or on archives. Restoring Grace Radio is here to provide online lessons about the Christian faith, our history, our documents, and how to express our faith to a very needy world. Thank you for listening, and now, on to our broadcast. Be upon you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And whether you're joining me live or on archive, thank you so much. Welcome back. Uh, we are going to start our an old segment that we ran for a long time, had a lot of success with it, called the Zohar in 15. We're going to be reading from the uh, the sacred text of the Zohar. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's a tw- about a 23-volume compodium of the rabbis and sages' teachings on the first five books of the Bible, primarily with a view into Judaism, mysticism, Kabbalah, and the different things that we can learn from it. Now, our portion today, if you have the English uh, version of, of the Zohar, is Zohar Volume 3, portion Bayera, Chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 78 through 87, and we want to get right started on it right away. The topic tonight is, as it is below, it is above. As it is below, it is above. In, there's a lot of talk in different faith practices, Christianity included, about calling down power from the heavens and creating your miracles and your breakthroughs, but is that real? I mean, do our actions here on earth stir activity in the heavens? It's taught, it's pumped, it's preached up from our pulpits, but is it practiced and understood as God instructed us? Tonight, we're just briefly for the Zohar 15, talk about what it has to say. We'll start with verse number 78 when it says, When a person is in this world, he is not aware, nor does he look for the reason why he was created. For him, every day is considered as if it passes by in emptiness. And when his soul leaves this world, it does not recognize the path through which it was elevated, because the path leads up. We have wrong answers about why they're alive, which I think has something to do with why they think they have to constantly be calling down power from heaven. We, got, we tell, hey, listen, you get an education, and we, why do I need that? Because you can get a job. Well, why do I need a job? Because then you can get money. And why do I need money? Because then you can don't worry, be happy. But a lot of people who got the education, got the job, got the money, they got plenty of worries. They, got, they are not happy. I've heard people say, and I won't quote it exactly, but they all same poo, different day kind of a mentality as they go through their lives. Each day of our lives seemingly passes by with this unfocused sense of emptiness. And so we're constantly trying to find a way to fill that emptiness, even though we believe that we're saved. I heard a great saying from Tony Campala when he said, many Christians have a saved soul, but they have a lost life. Your soul, which you need to connect with. Your soul is a spiritual measuring tour that takes this, a tool that takes this journey with you. Now, verse number 79, and I'll read this for you. It says this, in other words, speaking of the verse we read before, in other words, it follows and continues the same path that his desire followed and longed for each day while in this world. You know, 
There's a lot of conversation about heaven and hell, and that's not our topic here on this episode. There's a lot of conversation about heaven and hell. And people say, well, why would a loving God send me to hell? And other people say, well, they give all kinds of reasons. The Zohar simply teaches, the rabbis and sages say that your path in eternity, the actions of your lives in this world will follow the actions below here on earth, will follow the actions above. Kabbalah and Judaism, they both teach that eternity is an extension of the choices that we live in the life we have here in this world. Now, desire is not enough. Desire is not enough. It takes active work and active participation. A lot of people want the right things. They, they want their life to have meaning. They want to have a path that leads up, but they don't have a desire for it. We need to teach people. Listen to me really carefully. We need to teach people how to come to their own rescue. And what I mean by that is I mean that a lot of times our spiritual faith practices make people dependent on the spiritual faith practice instead of, of teaching them how to stand on their own, how to be able to have a life of fulfillment, how to be able to have a life of meaning. Now, verse number 81, this is where it starts to get a little bit more into it. The rabbis are saying that they were on a journey and they, there was a, 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 these people had brought them a book. And they said this was a book of wisdom. And the rabbi said this, inside this book, it was written that according to the intention of a person's desire in this world, he draws a spirit from above upon himself similar to the desire that he clung to. If his desire is to achieve something holy and divine, then he draws from the same from above and brings it down upon himself. Kabbalah teaches this is what's called creating angels. So, it says, so what it's saying is that in the intention of a person's desire, that's what brings things into your life, the intention of your desire. Now, we have two desires. By the way, there's nothing wrong with desire. There's a desire for the sake of receiving for self alone. There is a desire for the sake of receiving to share with others. You can kind of sense which one is the better of the two. Often we hear people saying, God, I want you to fill me. God, I want you to give me this. God, I want you to do this for me. God's question back would be, well, what are you going to do with it if I give it to you? It's not just simply for you to gain this. Now, in verse number 82, by the way, these creating angels, these creating spirits, this environment that you create, I think this is what some people are mistaking when they go to their church service and say, let's call this down. Let's, let's bring this down. The instructions in the Zohar don't talk about it happening during a one-hour period of our life. It talks about us leave, living our lives with great desire, living our lives with great intention, living our lives with great direction. In verse number 82, it also says this, if he wishes to cleave to the other side, that particular phrase, other side, meaning Asatan or Satan or evil, and he's intent upon it, he draws the same down and brings it upon, above down and brings it upon himself. They used to say that to draw something down from above depends mainly on, listen to this, speech, deed, and a wish to cleave to it. Speech, deed, and a wish to cleave to it. That's interesting. Very interesting. So I can use my desire to receive for self alone to bring myself into a selfish environment, to connect with the other side, evil, asatan, and that's where my life will be lived. But to do that, I have to use my speech. I have to speak it. I have to use my deeds. I have to do it. And I have to exercise my will, which is to cling to it, devarut, to, to cling to it. And the same thing is true in, the spiritual, in our spiritual walk 
what we're trying to receive for the desire is the sake of sharing with others. To live our lives as Jesus would have us live. To live our lives as God has called us. I have to speak it. I have to deed it. I have to do it. I have the will to cleave to it, to hang on to it. Many people, many people are working as hard as possible to bring the most painful results they can find in their lives. And they're shocked by the results. I'm going to say that again. Many people are working as hard as they possibly can to bring the most painful results into their life, and they're shocked by the results. Because in your life right now, whether you believe in God, you don't believe in God. You believe in Jesus, you don't believe in Jesus. You believe in mysticism, whatever you may or may not believe. Whatever you're in life right now, there's something that you're speaking to happen in your life. There's the deeds that you must do behind it. Speaking it doesn't get it done. I speak this into existence. Well, you can speak it all day long, but if there's no deeds behind the action, you're just talking out loud. You have to have the speech, you have to have the deeds, and then you have to have the will the fortitude to cleave to this. Verse number 84, the rabbis say this. I think I skipped the verse. Yes, I know I did. I'm ready. Verse number 84. Here's something that will surprise you. Did you know that the idea of the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, is not a Christian invention? It's been around for thousands of years. Here we are, verse 84. In the same manner, whoever desires to cling, remember the will, intent, to the Holy Spirit above, it depends on the acts and the words and the intents of the heart so that he may succeed in drawing it down upon himself so that he may cling to it. So in order to connect with the Holy Spirit, by the way, this is extremely reminiscent of the words that Jesus taught in the New Testament documents when he taught on the Holy Spirit. First of all, he says it's part of it is the acts, being kind, repairing the world, uh, ex- expressing kindness, love. Joy, being the kind of person that people benefit from, from being around. There's a novel concept. What would you do? Let me ask you this. What would you do with this power on high from the Holy Spirit if you received it? Because it is obvious through our readings here, through the teachings of the scriptures, that we can have connectivity between us and God. We can connect with the Holy Spirit. We can connect with this through our actions, through our words, and through the intent of our heart, the kavanah, the intent of the heart. First of all, our actions, being kind, investing in repairing the world instead of tearing it down. In our words, are you echoing, echoing the words of life? The Bible tells us that, that the tongue, the words that we speak are very powerful. It tells us that there's life and death in what we say. Are you bringing out the words of life or are you repeating the words of death? Because connectivity with, with Hashem, connectivity with God, connectivity with the Holy Spirit is built on our actions, it's built on our words, and it's built on the intent of our hearts. Let me ask you this. This is a great question. Why do you want it? Why do you want to be connected? Why do you want this power from on high to come into your life? I want you to really search yourself, search your motives, search your heart, and try and figure out why is it you want this? I mean, it's a great question. What would you do with it if you got it? But why is it that you want it? Is it because as we go back to the very first verse that we read, the very first verse, it says when a person's in this world, he's not aware or nor does he look for the reason why he was created. Have you lost your focal point? Have you forgotten who you are? The hymn of the great pearl. I'll teach on that sometime. Fantastic parable. Um, Have you forgotten who you are and why you're here? 
and now you're looking outside yourself to bring the answer in? Why do you want it? What's the intent of your heart? Verse number 85 goes on to say, and they were saying, whatever path a person follows in this world is the path along which he is drawn when he leaves this world. And whatever he clung to and pursued while in this world, he clings into it in the world of truth. If it's to holiness, then to holiness. If it's to impurity, then to impurity. Our path for good or for evil in this life will be your path to the world to come. Let me say that again. Our path, my path, your chosen path, the intents of our hearts, the words that we speak, the actions that we do, the speech that we say, the deeds we commit to, the intent, the will of our heart, the path that we walk here on this earth will be our path in the world to come. If we cling to the path of holiness, verse 86, then he is drawn towards that same side of holiness. He clings to it from above, and it becomes a serving minister before the Holy One, blessed be he, and before all his angels. But in the same manner, verse 87, oh, well, hang on a second, verse 86, let's back up. In verse 86, the spiritual progression, the clinging to the path of holiness is not for personal gain. The, the, the clinging to the path of holiness is becoming a serving minister. It's the spiritual progression and growth is the service of others. Why grow in grace? Why ask for patience? Only if we attend to, in to share. But in verse 87, it says, and so in the manner that he's cleaved, if in purity while in this world, then he is drawn to the impure side. Then he becomes one and is attached to them. And they are called the demons of the people. So when he parts from this world, they will take him and cast him out of Genohoim into the place of the impure. Those who defile themselves and their spirits are judged and punished. And then he clings to them, becoming a demon, just like the demons of this world. When we look and see impurity in our lives, we have to realize that impurity is our sins. Isaiah says that our sins have caused a separation between us and our God. We have to realize that we are becoming carriers of the disease. We're becoming like demons. As it is below, it is above. Watch your connections. Watch your words. Watch the intent of your heart. Watch your deeds. And with intent, follow Hashem, cling to the Holy Spirit, choose the path of life. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining me on this edition of the Zohar 